Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Brett Schnitker. Brett is the CEO president at Stars Design Group. He is a guru of fashion design and global production, textile expert, and technology innovator. Hi, Brett. Hi. Wow, that was a hell of an introduction. Well, you're awesome. Thank you. You got to talk about all your awesomeness. Okay. Where do I start? Where? Well, I want to start with our buddy, Emily Lane. Okay. One day calls me yes. and she's like, Mish, you have to go to this place called Stars Design and you have to meet Brett Schnicker. And I was like, okay, Emily, who knows everything, I should go. And I was astonished when I walked into your place of business. I felt like I had been transformed to, I was like, this is not in St. Louis. That's what a lot of people say. It feels very New York, LA, but here we have you in St. Louis, which I'm thrilled that you decided to hang here. Yeah. You know, it's a wonderful city. The cost of living's great. I've been here quite some time. A lot of people think I'm crazy for being in the Midwest. Right. And being in the fashion business. As a fashion, business. yeah. You know, right. most of that stuff is on the coasts. But I think, you know, as business evolves and the coasts get more and more expensive, I think people are kind of getting why we've relocated. And I think that's a story St. Louis needs to tell. It's so true. In fact, I, I actually did see something the other day talking about how people cannot afford New York. Yeah, it's well, New York, L.A., a lot of big cities are just getting more and more expensive. And right. when you, you know, whether you're a startup or a, a relatively decent sized business, it becomes more and more challenging to operate. And they keep moving boroughs or neighborhoods or districts. And, you know, it works for the really large, but, you know, it's it's tough. It's crazy. It was and like it was like thirty percent of their income goes to rent. Yeah. Oh I'm yeah, like, it's crazy. Whoo. It's crazy. And you know, I think St. Louis provides uh, a central location to both coasts. I right. think with technology, you know, there's not as much necessity to be in that area. Um, we can connect to the world from St. Louis. And I think with the infrastructure that's being built, we we have a real good opportunity to develop more of what what we're doing in St. Louis. So let's talk about this because it is amazing. Like I, I know your your journey, but tell the listeners about your journey because it's a it's a fascinating story how you got started in the fashion world what you did that was quite a bit different than other people would think of doing in the, I mean you are definitely very innovative in what you do you know i started in school in kind of design and and marketing and advertising and that's really where i thought i wanted to be and you know you you uh, you find a job while you're in school to Pay bills, maybe buy alcohol, something like that. <laughs> what? Yeah. And, uh, and I chose to work at clothing stores. And uh, I felt there was a lot of coolness to fashion and design and started sketching some ideas and things like that. And then as I worked through some of the retail establishments, um, we happened years ago to have a a big retailer here in St. Louis called Edison Brothers. Right. And we were kind of in the what they call the fishbowl, which was kind of the home office area where you had all the big wigs come and visit you. And I remember one day the president, this dynamite guy, Frank Juarez, president of J. Riggings, kind of came down and said, you know, have you ever considered getting into the fashion business? 
And I was like, well, I'm not super interested. I really want to do marketing and advertising, you know, and he, he dissuaded me from that, especially at Edison. He thought that there was a lot more exciting opportunities for, for the fashion business and said, you know, why don't you come up to the office and we'll get you a position up there and, and then see how it, it flies. And uh, started in numbers and kind of learned distribution, which, you know, for a creative guy, that's that's uh, a totally yeah. opposite side <laughs> right. of the brain. Yeah, right. I, I take that uh, with me today. You know, when you run an organization, you kind of have to operate on both sides of your brain. But back then, as a creative, that was painful. Right, you know? right. But, uh, you know, I went through about a year and a half doing that. And then during that time, one of my partner today – Jerry Leonard, he was a buyer, and he took me under his wing and said, hey, you know, I'm not a creative kind of drawing kind of guy. Um, while you're kind of doing your things, let's see what you got, kid, basically. And uh, I think maybe it was lock timing, whatever, but uh, – and I date myself. This goes back centuries probably, but I started drawing – Yeah, yes. centuries. Oh, yes, Yeah, centuries. way back in the Victorian time. <laughs> but um, it was back when rugby shirts were big and – you know, I was this snot-nosed little kid, and I started drawing rugbies. And instead of back then, all rugby stripes were horizontal, right? And I started drawing them vertically, and and uh, I had some support of certain team members and not of others. And finally, the president ended up signing my initial orders. And uh, long story short, we had a fantastic run, like four years, amazing sales, and they moved me into buying. And that was kind of my first – our family is a – you know, for years had traveled, but not like this. Right. You know, my first trip, we got on a plane. I landed in Hong Kong. You know, the nightlife and the excitement and the, you know, relatively young guy, I was sold. I yeah. mean, that was – and you've been every- – where? Uh, over 70 countries yeah. at this point. I, Amazing. I, I think many times I feel more comfortable overseas than I do even here. Really? You know, I'm fascinated by people and culture. And, mm -hmm. you know, during the time when I was, you know, at this retailer and, and I, I, again, really fortunate that I did really well, they let me do anything I wanted to. Get on a plane, go do whatever you want to do. As long as you continue to bring in those numbers and that profit, go do it. And Fun. I made some decisions where... Instead of, you know, when I started in this business, we would show up in Hong Kong, we'd have big hotel room, suppliers would come in and show us stuff out of suitcases, and we never really left the comfort of these rooms. And I really wanted to learn more about the business technically. And so I would leave and go into China or mainland India, uh, India and go to weavers and knitters and dyers. And these were places that my bosses thought I was absolutely insane. <laughs> you know, I would stay in hotel rooms that, you know, $25 a night. And I think they were luxury that meant they had a door on them. Oh, gotcha. You know, that was that kind of place. And, I love uh, that you were so curious, though, that you were like, I have to see where this all originates from. It's what drives me throughout life. You know, I just say I'm a guy on a journey with friends. And I think that the world is a fascinating place. And, you know, it... It bothers me a little bit today, this drive toward nationalism, you know, where we want to disconnect. Yeah. And I think it's far too late. We are connected. You know, our borders are invisible. People are out there. Really, the cultures are fascinating. I think the fear that people have about other people and other countries right. and cultures, that really would go away if they 
if they got to know people. Well, if if they would travel, you know, I think that that's a um, it's a huge deal to travel out of the country yeah. because you you see that I mean, really, you have more in common with people than you think. Uh, shockingly so. I remember I was stationed in Ethiopia for three years, and we were running some factories, and we really had a multinational team. We had Pakistanis, we had uh, Koreans, um, Israelis, Turks, Romanians, Ethiopians, of course, right, you know, their right. country, uh, Americans. And and we lived at these compounds in kind of the middle of nowhere. And it was, it was amazing the relationships that we built between you know, there were. It was not only multiple multinationals, but it was multiple religions. Um, right. You know, there's this fear today about Islam and and Muslims, and I can tell you the story that sticks with me to this day was I remember I had a guy James. He was a uh, about 55 years old Buddhist guy. He ran our store and warehouse, and you know, anytime trims or fabric would come in, he'd manage that stuff. And one night we got back to the compound. And I don't know whether he had low blood sugar or, or something, but James collapsed on the floor. Sweat, white as a ghost. And we're really in the middle of nowhere. Oh, we gosh. were hours from the nearest hospital. Right. And I remember these two Pakistani guys gently picking him up, putting him on a sofa with cold towel, singing to him for an hour, bringing him back. And, oh. you know, this is something that today we like to isolate people, groups, or religions and say, all good, all bad. And that vision has stuck with me forever about the kindness and the care that they took for someone that was a stranger sort of to them. You right, know? right. So You know, and, and, and it is, I, I'm going to so agree with you and it makes me so sad because I feel like it means when you when you isolate yourself, like I'm just going to be in my neighborhood inside my house and I'm not yeah. going to talk to anybody else but people that look like me that are also in my neighborhood, yeah. you miss out on a huge part of what the world has to offer. And a lot of that's fear. I mean, there's a famous quote, I don't remember who it was from, but when you live in fear, you live half a life. Yes. And I think you, I remember we were just on a government trade mission to El Salvador. And El Salvador, you know, on the surface, if you read all the articles, um, you know, it's it, a relatively dangerous place. Yeah, it looks one scary. Of, it one looks of the scary. most dangerous right, places exactly. they say in the world. And I remember family and friends reaching out like, what the hell are you doing? You know, that's crazy. What are you – and I really don't have a sense of fear when I travel. And I have to tell you, we were there for a week and we met amazing people. I think it was an amazing place. And if you can – you know, you have to be cautious when you travel to certain sure. places. Yes. We don't live in a black and white world. We live in a gray world. Right. And there are good and bad on all sides and all places. And you have to be aware. You don't you don't make crazy mistakes. But overall, I can tell you that when I leave this place and I travel, I find a lot of pretty awesome people. And, and you get to experience, you know, I've experienced things that um, I, I, I will always remember in my life. You know, and, and people, I think that people, when they see a report or the news, they assume that that's how the entire country is. Of course. Right? You know, I mean, like, even when the floods were happening here in the Midwest, yeah. all my friends outside of yeah. the Midwest thought for sure my house was flooded. Yes. And floating away somewhere. That I'm happened. like, well, no, that, that it's yes. not. No, I know it looks like that on the yeah. news, but it's not the entire state of Missouri. Yeah. It's just the parts next to the river. I'm good. 
it's yeah. that way of us looking at the world when we look at certain places and we think, oh, my God, you know, what a dangerous place. Right. But the world today looks at America and goes, oh, my God, what a dangerous what place because all they're seeing is yes. everything right. going on. And I, I think, know. you know, it's, it's just so, an interesting it's, lens the, it's the media has a little bit for us. I yes. Mean, you know, bad news sells better than good news, but I think there needs to be this balance. And there's overall. also many amazing things going on out there. So Stars yeah. Design, let's talk about because sure. when I um, was, I was just floored when you shared with me how your company works and how you show people about the different types of fabrics and what these fabrics can do and how it lays on the body. And you use all this technology so that people really truly understand what that garment is going to look like on them. I think that's fascinating. I think America years ago really abdicated a large amount of the apparel business. And with that, the education, uh, the real training uh, in apparel was, you know, was done away with also. You know, right. we have some excellent educators in a, in the United States, but within that 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 genre they focus on particular areas that they think have application for the industry in America, which is kind of the fashion design and drawing aspects. Right. Technically, um, that part is lacking, I think, overall. And so with STARS, we, we, we embrace technology and talent. Our right. people are really talented worldwide. But we also – there's a lot of technology that allows us to help – our clients see their story and their vision a lot clearer. And, you know, for us, it starts with design. And we started years ago. I mean, 15 years ago, we developed, uh, and I say we, it really was our art design director. I give him full credit there. But he designed a, a program that digitally created these 2D real images. So when clients would come up with ideas or we'd develop collections, they could see it, you know, as real as possible. And I'm one of those, you know, I'm a guy. Look, I'm a tech junkie. I like all the gadgets, so I'm an early adopter. And I remember sitting around the table when we were doing some of these kind of art design meetings with different clients. And and I felt like there could be more. And so about five years ago, we started looking into 3D technology. And most of the 3D technology that we looked at, it looked like we were kind of taking a step backwards. You know, it was like cartoonish. You right. could see it from all angles. But we had developed this 2D to be so real, I didn't want to lose that. And, right. and um, thanks to an amazing company out of Singapore called Browseware and Sharon Lim and Lena, her sister, um, we uh, embarked on a journey with 3D. And it has all characteristics of a real garment. You kind of pull on knit where it stretches. You can scan fabrics for all sorts of details. And then we start with like the pattern file in a virtual environment. So, I mean, it's as real as you can get today. I mean, right. you know, today they have an open platform. There's amazing evolutions that are occurring. But from a design stage, our clients can see, you know, almost the real thing in a virtual space, spin it around. Well, and they can also see an amazing amount of fabric. Yeah, you have we, quite the library there. I mean, it's a kid in a candy store. 
Yeah. Right? You know, I'm glad I'm not the the fabric librarian, quote, quote. <laughs> Laura in there has her hands full. We get a, we get a couple hundred in every month. But I remember being in uh, – I, I liken back to the retail days and we would jump on a plane and we would – you know, those trips are not cheap. I right. mean you're spending tons of money to fly around the world and you would spend days in these fabric markets and in China or India or wherever and maybe you'd find the fabric that you were – hoping to find. Maybe you wouldn't. Right. Um, so years ago, I felt that we wanted to bring that that part of the world to the U.S. And today, I think we have well over 20,000 swatches in every category. And What a treat for people. Yeah. I mean, it can be overwhelming. I mean, maybe some people think I'm a little bit of a pack rat. We probably could <laughs> edit some of those, but holy smoke, I wouldn't want to do it. So we just keep adding books, but they're in every category, every classification of apparel. And and uh, designers can work digitally 3D with us, and then they can go up and work with our merchandisers, which are kind of the liaison between the client and the factories, Okay. Um, to select fabrics that work for price point and quality and performance and country of manufacture, and, and it's all here in St. Louis. All here, a global clothing manufacturer right yeah. here in the Lou. Yeah. And so many people don't know. No, I mean, some people say we're, you know, a lot of brands best kept secret. I don't think I want to be as secret. Um, you know, you mentioned Emily Lane, and so she's joined us as director of marketing and doing a yep. lot of things to get our word out a lot more effectively. Um, and I, you know, we we don't have a massive group of clients, but I think that, you know, as this business evolves with what's happening with COVID, where teams are shrinking, people are... Right. more stretched internally, our story resonates more and more with the ability to support brands and, and retailers. So. Well, and we, we just said it's a St. Louis issue with talking up. We, we have a really hard time boasting how awesome we are. We just do. You're right. It's really true. Um, you know, and, and, and I know, uh, you know, my, my business collaborative buddies at Medici and such, we've talked about how we are so... We just have a tough time with self-promotion. Yeah. I will promote people around me without a problem, but I have a hard time promoting myself. And it's a St. Louis thing. Yeah. It, you know, I think some of it's the – we talk about Midwest conservatism. Mm -hmm. um, but we have stories to tell here. I mean with we do. what's happening at Cortex and McKelvey coming back in town yes. and, and the Fashion Fund and and all these different elements that are growing in St. Louis and you combine that – with a pretty good economics conversation, um, I think we we should be bringing more and more people to the city for sure. I agree. So we're awesome. Let's just say it. Yeah. Well, like every city, <laughs> we have pros and cons. Like well, every yes. human. Yes. 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 <clears throat> we we're have challenges, <laughs> and we need to work on some of those challenges. I think. But yes, there's a lot of positives that we should we should certainly dialogue. So I have some questions. Are you oh, ready God. for question okay, time? These are, these are good. They're okay. all – okay. So you have seen fashion over many years. Sure. Over centuries according to yeah, you. Centuries, um, yeah, centuries. Are there any fashion whatevers that you've seen that you're like, please never again. Let us never revisit this. <laughs> I think every fashion has a perspective. So I try not to, you know, pigeonhole that. I look at old pictures of myself from the 80s and I – 
kind of think, oh, I'm not going to revisit that for <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, no, right? I've done the same. You I'm remember like, those, you know, that Miami Vice an jackets. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, and the shoulder yeah, pads that yeah. were, you know. <laughs> but I think every genre probably has a mix of those. But I think that's what adds spice to fashion. I think everyone, you know, designers create to mirror society. Right. You know, when right. we put something on our bodies, we are either signing up for the club you right. know, that designers created this brand equity and awareness where you're like, I want to be a member of that club or a certain style we we associate with whoever wears that particular style. Right. And so, you know, I think any successful launch of something that becomes big enough mirrors society well enough. That's the that's the skill set of a designer. And that and it's may so not fast now. Well, yeah, it is. Well, I guess I would have to say the age, like, you know, the the teenagers, it's very quick, I feel like. Well, Instagram has accelerated that because, you know, there's this whole fight between the sustainability movement and the fast fashion movement. um, And that's that's a very difficult conversation. Right. Because, you know, there's a lot of pushing pull there. I mean, we as Americans are consumers. But I don't think we really understand how, because so many Americans are very egocentric. They don't think past our borders. Right. If you go to China today and you go into Shanghai or you're in Delhi or Mumbai, India, there is this massive consumer market. Each one of the, you know, the populations of of India and China, each one of them are probably well over a billion, right? right. Billion four, whatever. The Middle-class markets are almost the population of the United States. And when you look at these consumer uh, segments growing, they have evolved from the save and conservative mentality to, man, they're at the Starbucks. They are at, you know, out shopping. The supermarkets are – or the the, uh, retail markets are busy every day. You add that class into consumer spending and apparel – it becomes a much bigger equation. And yeah. there, I think you've got to look at, you know, a much bigger thing than just America. And I think it's moving faster and getting much, much bigger. And they, they're they pushing the envelope in terms of this fast fashion thing, too. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I know you know lots about that subject. Um, <laughs> so, um, all right, I'm going to take you, you – me- you mentioned Edison Brothers. Yeah. And when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, my gosh, I remember all these shops. Yes. Baker Shoes, Jeans West, five seven nine. Um, share. Is there are there anything about these various Edison Brother companies that we don't know that would surprise us or that we would find well, interesting? I think they've gone away. You know, they've been gone for years. Yeah. And so I think people sort of have a short memory for those brands, but I think you know you give the Edison family a lot of credit. They built an amazing business for years in St. Louis and, right. you know, what they did with the diversity between, you know, they, I think, believe they started in shoes and that was the Baker's Leeds Bird, Sasha London kind of thing. And then, you know, they built a group of menswear companies or acquired them over time. And that was Oak Tree, J Riggings. Oh yeah, I remember uh, If you Oak remember Tree, those yeah. jeans last, you know, that yeah. was, um, uh, you know, when you look at the footprint and the presence that they had, 
And when they, pro, you know, the amazing thing is that they provided fashion at a value. Right. I mean, Oak Tree, when I was younger, you know, and again, I'm dating myself, but when I was younger, you know, guys that were interested in fashion, you had your GQ magazine and you would see what styles and fashion, you know, exhibited. And Edison was so quick to recognize what was happening in big trend and translate it affordably to the masses. Riggins right. was a little bit more traditional, but again, mass market. And, you know, companies make, you know, I'm about ready to release a blog. And, you know, companies need to learn to evolve. Revolution is painful, right? right. Every time there's a conversation about revolution, whether it's a country or a, a company, there's bloodshed. And so, you know, being aware of the changes that occur around you big or small, is important. And evolving, being sensitive and evolving to those changes is critical. And if you don't, then sometimes that revolution, you know, it's off with your head. And unfortunately, you know, Edison at one point was the rock of Gibraltar. They, you know, had a lot of holdings and they were doing very well. And then almost it seemed like in a blink of an eye, there was this cascading effect of bad decisions. And, you know... It changed, but that's part of life, you know. Things change. Things change. Someone else pick up, yeah. picks up Somebody where else someone else left off. It. Right, right. And the disruptors. Yeah, you're yes, right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So um, you've been everywhere, seventy countries. Is is there a country you have not been to that you want to go to? I mean, I, which one? Yeah, I I would love to go to Russia. Actually, I've you not, have not been. been to Russia. I've not been to Russia. Really? Okay. We just there's not a lot of business for my sector. Okay. You know, developed in in Russia. And I had a friend in India. Last trip I was into India. And what it's a he's a wonderful guy and and we're doing a little bit of business, but he just wanted to have dinner and he had just gotten back from St. Petersburg and he shared with me all these photos and I was just amazed at some it, of the beauty. Even beautiful. the subways look like a freaking art museum. And so I just, I, I don't know, it, it, it triggered me to, uh, that, that's where I would definitely like to go. I check think out. there might be a light thing there too, because you like, you're like me, you love light art. Yes. And I think I saw something about a museum or something that, that is light art there. Interesting. I, know, I can't, I know there's one in Japan that looks really interesting okay. that I want to go visit, but I'm not, I Well, you can find the city. I heard flights are cheap nowadays. We right. just get on a plane. I think we'll be alone. Okay, let's go. Okay, yeah, we'll go. <laughs> we'll Don a mask <laughs> for 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that sounds like fun. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, Brett, thank you so much. I am I'm just really honored that you came here to be a guest today. I love it. I love it so much. And tell people where they can find out more about you. Uh, our website's www.starsdesigngroup.com. And... Uh, you can find us on there, and then we're at thirteen one Gravoy downtown. Uh, search Beautiful us out location. Thank Can you. I tell you, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous in there. Thank you. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate your time today. Hey, my pleasure. Everybody out there, stay safe and well. We love you very much, and uh, we'll be back later. Bye.